Major League Baseball's failures, the Los Angeles Lakers are terrible, and Derek Jeter leaves the Miami Marlins. Valley Sports Talk begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Valley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Sideline Network. As always, I am your host, Chris Valley. So we're going to kick it off. We're going to discuss Major League Baseball and their massive failure to come to an agreement by their self-imposed deadline. So Major League Baseball is going to cancel at least the first two series of the regular season for every team. In other words, they're not going to play their first slate of games. And this is just a failure on 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 all accounts. And look, I'm not going to take sides here. I know a lot of people are, are, oh, you're pro player, oh, you're pro owner. I'm pro playing baseball. That's all I care about. I don't care who wins, who loses. Frankly, there needs to be pain on both sides. That's how negotiation works. And the fact that neither side is willing to give an inch, it just tells me all I need to know about both of them. I'm sick of both of them. I'm sick of the players and I'm sick of the owners. They're both a bunch of morons as far as I'm concerned. You had an opportunity to just and you had all last season to do it too, by the way. You guys could have figured it out and you didn't. You, they both look selfish and they're both killing themselves too in the public eye. Do you think that the majority of, of, of people in this country give a damn about a bunch of millionaires and billionaires bitching about money when people are struggling? And, and that's the disconnect that, that we see sometimes with athletes, with the 1%, if you will, like the, the, I mean, I'm talking about the elite 1%, like the billionaire owners, the multi multi-millionaire athletes, the, the disconnect that they have from reality, from the struggles of, of just working a nine to five is staggering sometimes. And if you think that the fans and not even, I'm not talking about the diehard MLB fans. I'm talking about the casual MLB fans. If you think they're going to sit back and support you after stuff like this, you're out of your mind. Major League Baseball has been hold, hanging on by a thread of relevancy. That COVID gave them a huge boost last season. Coming back, the post-COVID baseball season last year, as far as the, the numbers were concerned, was a success. People were just excited to watch live sports again. It was it, They were excited to see fans in the stands. It just it meant a lot to them. And Major League Baseball had an opportunity this year to keep that momentum going, to try and gain some of their popularity back. And instead, they're squabbling over bullshit. And I know, I, I, I can hear the people out there who are like, oh, well, you know, if you were the players, you would be upset too because you're not making X amount of dollars and you believe that you should be making this much more. And if you were on the ownership side, you would feel this way. Look, I, I again, I'm not trying to get into the minutia of the whole thing because frankly, I think both sides are wrong here. They both are at fault. There should, there, there, this should not be happening. It, there's, it's that simple. And Rob Manfred, look, I've crushed Adam Silver on my podcast for the last three to four years. I've also crushed Roger Goodell from time to time. But I need to say this. Rob Manfred is by far, without question, the worst commissioner in sports. And might go down as one of the worst commissioners ever. And don't forget, Bud Selig was just awful. He was terrible. That dude did, had, did so much shady shit giving his buddies uh, the keys to, to MLB franchises. Like, he he was so corrupt, it was ridiculous. But Rob Manfred sucks. Like, he sucks at this. I mean, this is the same guy. I mean, he, smi- he was in, in the press conference the other day smiling after the self-imposed deadline was passed. What the hell are you smiling about? 
there should be nothing that you're happy about. You're the commissioner of a major league sport that, that isn't playing games, but you're up there fucking smiling. This is also the same guy who called the World Series trophy a bunch of metal or a piece of metal. You don't even have respect for the greatest trophy in your game. For the ultimate prize in your sport, you call it a piece of metal. I mean, this guy is just, he's just the worst. So, look, Major League Baseball, as far as I'm concerned, has completely shit the bed every way possible. They just, I, I don't know. If this season doesn't happen, and right now it's not looking good, if this season does not happen, Major League Baseball, I don't think we'll ever recover from this. I truly don't. I, I think that the fans, the the casual fans, you're going to lose them forever. Now, the diehard fans, the the regional, the, like the big regional markets, Chicago, New York, L.A., St. Louis, they're going to remain. You're, you're die-in-the-wool, die-hard Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, Dodger fans. They're not going to go away. Like, like I'm not going to not root for the Yankees anymore. But... That doesn't, but I'm also not a casual baseball fan. The casual baseball fan, the person who's kind of on the fence, like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll watch a game here and there. Now they're done. They're going to be done. They did. What's the point? Why are you going to support? Why are you going to support a, a sports team or even a sports league that can't get their shit together time and time again? And this is constantly happening with Major League Baseball. So. There's no excuse as to why they couldn't have gotten things done. And frankly, they seem to be more far apart rather than, than closer together to an agreement. So this is just a failure on, of epic proportions. And frankly, if the season is canceled, if we don't get any baseball this season, then Major League Baseball deserves whatever the fallout is from it. All right, so an NFL corner this week. We got a couple quarterbacks who believe that they should be making $50 million a year, Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. Now, Rodgers has already come out and denied the report. Murray has not. Uh, and neither one of them, again, the, these are third-party sources that were that are claiming this. Um, Murray, again, like I said, I believe it was his attorney or his agent or whomever that came out and said, you know, Murray wants to stay with the Cardinals. He wants to be with the Cardinals, but he wants to get paid. The Rodgers report was just that. It was just a report that came out stating that Rodgers wants $50 million a year. Neither one of them deserves $50 million a year. Kyler Murray, the, the Cardinals shouldn't even be considering giving Kyler Murray an extension right now. I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. And I like Kyler Murray. Big fan. Said that they, he should go number one overall. I still believe in him. But much like Dak Prescott, he fizzles out in the second half of, of seasons. Dak Prescott's got the same issue. Russell Wilson, over the last four or five years, has the same issue too. You start off strong. You got MVP-type numbers through the first seven, eight weeks of the NFL season. And then once we get close to Thanksgiving, all of a sudden the floor falls out and your numbers tank and your production tanks and your, your team suffers from it. Aaron Rodgers should not make $50 million a year because he hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl since 2011. Now, does Aaron Rodgers deserve a raise? Absolutely. The guy's making like $33 million a year. He's making less money than Dak Prescott. So yes, Aaron Rodgers deserves to be making more money than Dak Prescott. Does he deserve to make more money than Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen right now? I don't think so. I understand he's got back-to-back -back MVPs, which is great. But I don't think he's worth $50 million. 
bring bring the Packers to a Super Bowl, then yeah. If look, if they went to this, even if they lost this year, if the Packers went to the Super Bowl this year and he went back to back MVPs, he brought his team to the Super Bowl, win or lose, you want to command fifty million dollars a year, have at it. You deserve to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. But it's it was no different than when Peyton Manning was playing, and Manning was winning MVPs but wasn't getting the Colts to the Super Bowl. Nobody was sitting there clamoring for Peyton Manning to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. They made the same argument. That's great. You're doing great in the regular season, but you're not doing anything come the postseason. You guys know how I feel about Rodgers. I love Rodgers as a quarterback. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, arguably. But no, he doesn't deserve $50 million. And if he really wants $50 million, something's got to give. And then here's where the... Here's where I start pushing back with the Aaron Rodgers issue. If you want $50 million, but you're bitching about how the Packers don't have enough around you, the Packers don't have the salary room, the salary cap room, to give you $50 million, keep Devontae Adams, and also still sign elite players to make you happy. The Denver Broncos have the cap room. You can go to Denver and make $50 million. I believe the Titans have the cap room, so you can go to Tennessee and make $50 million. Or you can go to Washington. Washington will pay you $50 million. Washington will probably pay you $100 million a year to get you to come to Washington. So there are places you can go to make $50 million. But if you truly want to stay in Green Bay, which I'm starting to believe is actually going to happen, he is going to end up staying in Green Bay. If you want to stay in Green Bay and you want to have the best team around you, you can't make $50 million. Again, you want to make in the 40s, yeah, I'm sure the Packers can make that work and still keep Devontae Adams and others around you. But 50? No. That's just not realistic. It's just not. And so and, and this is this is the problem with Rodgers, and, and this is starting to be the issue with him is the doublespeak. The the one day it's, you know, I'm all about my teammates, I'm super supportive of my teammates, and the next day it's leaking out that the dude, again, wants $50 million a year. Well, if you want, again, if you want $50 million a year, then you really don't give a shit about your teammates. It's not about your teammates, it's about you. And maybe Aaron Rodgers is completely selfish, and he doesn't care about his teammates, and he's a bad leader. I don't know. Maybe that's the truth. And I've just been too blind to see it for all these years. And it's hard. When you've been rooting for somebody for as long as I've been rooting for Aaron Rodgers... Sometimes you don't want to see the uh, the dark side of, of an athlete that you've that you've been so dying the wool for. But over the last you know year and a half or so, I have been on here and, and I have talked about how I, I do have issues with him off the field, which I do. I have some issues and concerns with Kyler Murray off the field, bringing it back to him again. Kyler Murray, who I actually thought was a really good dude. He seemed, at least he seemed like it. He he seemed like a great teammate in Oklahoma. So I had nothing else to go off of except for what I saw in college and from what was reported in college. But there have been leaks that have come out that said that Kyler Murray is really not that great of a teammate. You know, he's not, he's not a very, he, he doesn't practice very hard. He doesn't give it 100% Monday through Saturday. On Sunday, you get his best. But that there have been grumbles within the Arizona Cardinals franchise that you know, they're, they're not the biggest fan of the way Kyler Murray handles himself off the field as far as the way he interacts with teammates, with coaches, behind-the-scenes type of stuff. That's concerning. That's alarming. I th- That would, if, and then you have the Cardinals president who, or excuse me, the owner, 
who's come out and said, oh, we want Kyler Murray long term. Well, if you want Kyler Murray long term, but you've got a bunch of internal leaks talking about how this guy isn't the best dude off the field, that's kind of odd. But do you really want to pay somebody who's got that type of baggage $50 million a year? Just taking taking the the play like I talked about off the field that seems to fall apart the latter half of, of the last two seasons. Just do you really want that type of that type of locker room, that type of locker room presence? Like, look, Aaron Rodgers, somebody like Aaron Rodgers can get away with it. He can. I mean, Aaron again, Aaron Rodgers, he has a Super Bowl. He's he's back to back MVP. He can be surly in a locker room. He can choose to give it 50% in practice if he wants to. He's earned that right. Like it or not, he's earned that right. Kyler Murray has not earned that right to be that type of dude. So I, it's just, to me, it's, it, it's very interesting. that that Obviously, their place in the NFL is very different. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a top 10 quarterback of all time. He's already solidified that. He's one of the, the most gifted quarterbacks we've ever seen. He's a Super Bowl champion. Kyler Murray has come on the scene the first half of the last couple seasons. He looks like a Madden video game come to life, what he's been able to do on the field. And then his play falls off. And that's all we know. He's an unfinished product. We don't know what he what his standing is going to be in the NFL. And there's been rumors and leaks, too, that he wants to go back to Major League Baseball. So he's not even 100% committed to playing in the NFL. So again, you have these two different entities that both are supposedly or reportedly commanding $50 million a year, which is just, it's just very interesting. Neither one of them deserve it. I'm sorry. There, there's not a single quarterback in my mind. Nobody in the NFL should make $50 million a year. Nobody. The, the, the absurdity of the money that's coming out, uh, that is being paid to quarterbacks nowadays is just unreal. It's unreal. It was unreal back in the day when they were getting $20 million a year. And pretty soon, with the way that, that these guys are, the way that inflation's going, as far as NFL, as far as NFL inflation is going, is concerned anyway, you're going to have players within the next 20 years that are going to be getting close to $100 million a year, if calculations are correct, if, they keep, if it keeps inflating the way that it has. Because if you notice, it's not it's not like someone gets 40 and then you get 41 and then someone else gets 42. It's someone gets 40, somebody else gets 43 and a half, then we get to 45. Now we're commanding 50. It's just, it's absolutely out of hand. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. An NFL owner needs to start putting, like someone needs to have the balls to put their foot down and say, I'm not paying you $50 million a year to play quarterback. I'm sorry. You want to go somewhere and go get paid $50 million? I don't give a shit who you are. If you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're Pat Mahomes, I'm not doing it. I'm not paying you that kind of money. Just not. You want to have an ownership stake in the franchise when you retire? We can talk about something like that. That's something I would put into somebody's contract. You want to have like a 1% ownership stake, 2% ownership stake, something like that? We can discuss that. But right now, I'm not paying you $50 million. Get the hell out of here. It's just absurd. It's absolutely absurd money. And real quick, bringing it back to the Aaron Rodgers thing. I'm just going to say this. All right, I'm just going to say this. He needs to 
he needs to stop with the drama. All right, the the off the field shenanigans is just it's becoming too much. It's becoming too much for for me. And for someone who is constantly looking for ways to support Rodgers and to find excuses for him, he has morphed into Brett Favre. And I was somebody who couldn't stand the way that Brett Favre spent his last few years in Green Bay with the will I won't I retire bullshit. And the way that he treated Rodgers. The fact that Rodgers came in and he just absolutely treated Rodgers like trash. And the fact that Rodgers was was held hostage behind Brett Favre for a long period of time. Rodgers is very much the same way. Now, I'm not comparing Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers because that's just not even close to being accurate. Jordan Love is garbage. Hot, stinky garbage as far as quarterback play goes. But Rodgers is off the field persona this whole, I need to find new ways to be relevant in the media 24-7. I'm going to send out some random-ass Instagram post talking about, I, I don't know, talking about just a bunch of baloney. I, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I didn't even understand that Instagram post. It made no sense. But the point that I'm making, though, is that he just, his constant need to stay relevant and be the main guy in the media is just that's to me that's gross there's another person who's just like that in another sport named lebron james who i crush on a daily basis who i can't stand because of his constant need to control the narrative and to be to try and make himself relevant in in every facet of of life and unfortunately i can't bash lebron james in one hand and not give aaron Rodgers grief on the other like, even I can't do the mental gymnastics to defend Aaron Rodgers with one breath but bash LeBron with the next. I just can't do it, no matter how hard I would want to try. And I don't I don't want to try because I don't want to be that inconsistent. It's just it's frustrating. As somebody, again, who is rooted for Rodgers, and this is turning into a rant here, and I'm sorry that this wasn't the point of the segment, but for somebody who rooted for Rodgers for as long as I have, it's very difficult to finally come to terms with the fact that perhaps— Maybe I was wrong about the guy the whole time. And the more that he talks off the field, the more that he uh, he keeps showing us this side of him, the, the, the more I just don't like him. On the field, I love him. I think he's, like I said before, I think he's one of the greatest of all time. But off the field, not feeling it. And I'm somebody who, who does, as far as my rooting interests go, I'm somebody who does weigh how you act off the field. And the way Rodgers acts, I'm not feeling it. So anyway, to get back to the whole point of this segment, not to talk about my feelings, Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers, neither one of them deserve $50 million. If anyone does pay them $50 million, they're absolutely out of their minds. All right, let's talk about LeBron and the Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers suck right now. I mean, they're just awful. They've lost two straight. They've lost seven to ten. They're in ninth place. They're just they're, they have nothing good going for them right now. I couldn't be happier, mind you. Uh, this has been a phenomenal basketball season for me. They're twenty-seven and thirty-four overall so far this season. LeBron, yeah, I mean he's he's been stuffing stat sheets, but it's not doing anything. The the years or the time of LeBron being able to carry a basketball team that's over. That's done. He is he's a great player. Still, he's still a great player, but the days of him being able to carry subpar 
performers around him, that's done. If Anthony Davis doesn't have an elite game, LeBron doesn't win. You know, it, the the narrative has been for a long time, oh, you know, LeBron is there, and then, and then AD is there too, but, you know, LeBron's really the one carrying the team. Now, that team goes as far as AD takes them. It's not LeBron anymore, and it hasn't been LeBron for a while. If AD wasn't healthy in the bubble, the Lakers don't win the, the, the title. That, that title was not because of LeBron James. That title was because of Anthony Davis. I mean, people can spin it however they want, and LeBron stands in the media will spin it every way possible. And they're back to it right now, actually, and that's what I wanted to talk about, was as this, as this season has unraveled very quickly, and the Russell Westbrook experiment has blown up in spectacular fashion, all of a sudden, everyone in the media who just can't stop riding LeBron's dick have now been trying to say that, you know, the 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 Russell <laughs> Russell Westbrook coming to Los Angeles was not on LeBron. Everyone knows that the only reason why Russell Westbrook is in the purple and gold this season is because LeBron James wanted him in LA. And then the now the reports are coming out that LeBron's pissed off at Rob Palinka because Palinka didn't want to get rid of any more draft picks to try and make a massive trade to bring in somebody else to try and fix this season. I'm pumped that an organization like the Lakers, whether it's Rob Palenka, whether it's Jeannie Buss, maybe it's both of them, are waking up to the way that LeBron James and how LeBron James operates. You want to talk, everyone talks about how LeBron James is a great teammate. Oh my God, he's amazing. Oh, he's such, he's such a better teammate than Michael Jordan. LeBron James is not a great teammate. And here's why. Yes, on the court, sure, great, wonderful. Behind closed doors, LeBron comes into an organization. He controls the organization. He puts them on high alert from the moment he walks in. He sets his con- he used to, he didn't with the Lakers, but he used to set his contract up so he could use it as leverage against the team. If you don't do what I want, I'll walk. I'll leave. You only get me for a short period of time. And if you don't do exactly as I tell you to do and you don't build the team that I want you to build, I'm out. Everyone talks about how when when LeBron left Miami, oh, LeBron, uh, Miami, he were a shell of themselves. They just, look at what LeBron James did for that team. As soon as he left, look at how much that team sucked. They did it the same thing the second time out with Cleveland. Oh, he leaves Cleveland. Look at how terrible Cleveland is. They're already saying it now with Los Angeles. When he leaves L.A., this is the only only opportunity the Lakers have to win because as soon as he leaves, the Lakers are going to be nothing. Except for the this one interesting this one interesting facet that, that everyone else seems to forget is that as Le- the reason why those teams are nothing is because LeBron leaves them as empty husks every time. Because what he does is he he dictates to the front office, you're gonna trade all of your draft picks, all of all of your good draft picks, to build the team around me up until the point where I don't no longer think this team is worthy, and then I'm going to bounce. Again, he did it in Miami. He did it in Cleveland. And now he's done it in Los Angeles. The Lakers have nothing to give. I mean, they, they could give up more draft picks. But it, but they're gonna. why are they going to mortgage their future for an aging superstar who has yet to say whether or not he want, he's going to stay in Los Angeles long term? They don't know. 
LeBron has already LeBron has actually shot himself in the foot by saying, I'm gonna play with my my son. I'm gonna go with whomever is going to draft my son. There's no guarantee that the Lakers are going to draft his son. There's also no guarantee that his son's ever gonna make it into the league. There's also that too, but that's a whole other issue. If his son doesn't get drafted to the Lakers, or the Lakers aren't interested in bringing his son in, then LeBron's going to leave. He's going to go somewhere else anyway. So why the hell would the Lakers sit there and go, okay, LeBron, we'll do what you want, whatever you want. We're going to, we're just going to completely mortgage the next five to six years of this franchise's future just so you can potentially possibly make a playoff run this year. No guarantee you're going to win the title, but just to make you happy so you're relevant and competitive in this league, we're going to do whatever you want. And the Lakers, they're not willing to buy into that. And it's great. I wish more teams would do it. I I hope, I really do, I hope Dan Gilbert is smart enough not to buy into the LeBron James thing about him possibly coming back to Cleveland. Don't let him back in. Don't trade away your future for him. Don't do it again. Don't. Let another team make that mistake. Don't be stupid. You've gotten burned twice by LeBron. And that's the joke. That is the one thing that I can't say. Look, Dan Gilbert is a dick. There's no question about it. But the narrative that has driven me nuts more than anything else over the years is how everyone talks about how LeBron was done so dirty in Cleveland. He screwed Cleveland over the first time by doing the decision thing. You can, you can say that Dan, Gilbert, Dan Gilbert's reaction to it was wrong, which it was. But that doesn't change what LeBron did to the fans of Cleveland, the people that he claims to love and care about. He screwed those fans over for a fucking TV show. And then he came back, and yes, he delivered a title. He delivered a championship to the fan base. But then he turned around and he ditched him again. He talked about, he, he had that big, massive Sports Illustrated story of, I'm coming home, and I'm going to be here all, he didn't say it, but he leaned into the, I'm going to be here for the remainder of my career. And then he bounced and went to LA because he had new motives and new ways to make money. And he knew that Los Angeles was the way to do it. LeBron does not care about his teammates. He does not care about the organizations in which he plays for. LeBron James is out for number one. He always has been and he always will be. That's who LeBron is. And the more franchises that that actually wake up and see that, the better off they're going to be. And so the Lakers are actually doing the right thing. They're doing the smart thing. I think the smarter thing would be to trade LeBron. That would be the smartest thing in the world to do at this point. Because he's not going to stay. He's not going to stay in L.A. Because L.A. is not going to give him what he wants, which is the opportunity to win another championship. The Lakers just don't have it. They, they won their one, which I still think is, is, is a tainted championship to begin with because of the, the way the whole bubble thing worked. But they, they got their championship. LeBron got what he wanted, which was at least a championship. And I know that he wants to be relevant and he wants the team to be contenders, but they're just not that. Anthony Davis is one of the most overrated players, I think, in the league. Everyone talks about Anthony Davis like he's like the, the, the second coming. He, the dude can't stay healthy. He's just, he's as far as I'm concerned, he's overrated. His, his play this year has been terrible. His, he's completely changed the way that, that, that he plays basketball. His body's bigger. He looks slower out there. He's just not, he's not the same player. 
And the problem with with Anthony Davis, because I would say trade Anthony Davis too. You can't you can't trade him because no one wants that contract. You can trade Russell Westbrook and you can trade LeBron James, and those would be the two best moves that the Lakers could possibly make. Before LeBron walks for nothing, trade him and get something. Do to LeBron James what LeBron James has done to all these other organizations. Trade him and get something. Because like it or not, he is going to walk after next season. When his contract's up, he's out. He's not going to stay. So we'll see how the, the rest of the season unfolds. I am loving every second of it. I love watching LeBron James fail. It's just, it's it's my favorite pastime. And, um, you know, as the season progresses, maybe we'll see him be even more melodramatic than he already has been. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great to watch. But if I were the Lakers, I would definitely look to trading LeBron and trade Russell Westbrook. That Those would be the, the two things that I would look to do. Um, because, again, you can't get rid of Anthony Davis. If you get rid of Anthony Davis, I would say trade all three and just start fresh. Just get up, get up those draft picks. Take what you can get in those trades. See if you can get a couple middling players here and there. And start over. Because... Once LeBron leaves after next season, the Lakers are essentially starting over anyway. So again, you might as well trade, get some pieces for him, and see what you can do for your future. So Derek Jeter has sold his 4% stock in the Miami Marlins and is out as the Marlins CEO after four and a half years at the post. So this is according to the New York Post. Jeter announced a surprise departure from the Miami Marlins on Monday after four and a half mostly unsuccessful years that didn't come remotely close to matching the success as a player for the New York Yankees. The Marlins had the fourth worst record in baseball over Jeter's four seasons, making the playoffs only in 2020 when more than half of MLB's 30 teams qualified in the pandemic-affected year. This was a quote from Jeter. Through hard work, trust, and accountability, we transformed every aspect of the franchise, reshaping the workforce and developing a long-term strategic plan for success. That said, the vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead, end quote. That says it all. And I am I'm actually happy that Jeter is leaving Miami, especially for the fact that Jeter, when he went to Miami, he had stated from the get-go that he was looking to build a winning franchise. He wanted to be competitive. He wanted to build a, a team that was going to be successful. And a lot of people flipped out when he traded Giancarlo Stanton to the Yankees. But it was honestly one of the best trades that he could have ever done. Because it took, he, he got the Yankees to take the majority of that salary, which opened up which opened up the doors for Miami to be able to start making, making moves and building a roster. And again, they, they did make the playoffs in 2020, which was something. They were building something in Miami. And what it sounds like, or at least what it, was seeming like behind the scenes was that the Marlins the Marlins owner was looking to once again blow up the team and start fresh again and that's not what Jeter came there to do which is obviously what he said in the last statement which is the vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead and again like I said a moment ago that says it all Jeter's looking to be to win championships to be competitive he's not looking to just sit back in constantly rebuild or trade for for more draft picks and not actually do anything with them so since jeter came on board miami went 218 and 327 during the four years at the helm finishing with a winning record only once at 31 and 29 in the pandemic short in 2020 season and the full seasons under jeter the marlins went 63 and 98 57 105 and 67 and 95 
So here's the deal. Everyone's going to say that this was an epic failure for Jeter. And yeah, I mean, it, in the, in the big scheme of things, yeah, it wasn't a success. I mean, you can't, you can't call it a success, but I, I don't know if I'd call it an outright failure. I think this, as far as, as Jeter's concerned, yes. Is it a failure to him? Probably. But I look at it more as a stepping stone, as a learning process for him. Because I think Jeter still wants to be involved in a front office somewhere. And I think where he should go is he should go back to New York. Now, it would be amazing and incredible and great for everyone involved if he ousted, if he was able to get Cashman ousted and he take over as GM. That would be the greatest thing ever. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately, because the Yankees, for whatever reason, believe that Brian Cashman is the answer at GM. Although time and time again, he continues to just fall flat on his face and make stupid and stupid decisions. But if Jeter came back home and and had some sort of worked in the front office in some capacity, I think that would be the best case scenario, both for him and for the Yankees. Because I do, I think he's learned. I think he's, this was a learning process for him. And much like Michael Jordan, when you look at Jordan and, and what he's done in Charlotte, it's taken him a while to figure it out. It, it's taken him a lot longer maybe than it should have, but it's taken him a while to finally build a good or at least a decent roster. And I think the the growing pains that Jeter had in Miami is only is only going to serve him well moving forward in the future. And I think that the best place for him would be to come back home to New York. And, you know, or look, if he ends up somewhere else, that would be great. I just think that New York is would be that to me, that would be the the best ending to the Derek Jeter story would be for him to eventually come back and work in the front office in New York and, and win another championship in New York in some way, shape or form. That would be incredible. That to me would be the storybook ending. Quick programming note, the Rich and Lala podcast, March Madness Bracket of Hotness, it's back. This year, we got Maddie Douche coming on board, and we're doing actresses of the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. So here's how this is going to work. Starting on Monday, that's going to be our first episode where we will be releasing our bracket, also debating the first round. Then it's up to you. We need you to cast your vote. So please go to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Wherever it may be, we're going to put up the links on all of our social media platforms for you to cast your votes as you guys did last year. We really appreciated everyone's input. We're looking forward again. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. We're going to do it week by week by week all the way up until the final matchup. And it's going to be up to you to help us decide who is the hottest of the hot of either the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s. So be on the lookout for that. Again, that'll be dropping on Monday. All right, everybody, that's going to do for this week's edition of the La Valley Sports Talk Podcast. Brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Greatly appreciate it. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to check out the latest episode of Manny D's Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Secret Stuff. And, of course, the latest episodes of Richo and Lala. Those are available wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it. That's all I have for you this week. Be well, stay safe. Talk to you all again soon.